from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. About a week ago, I coined this new term called friend tour. It's basically a hybrid between being a friend and a mentor. And today's guest is nothing short of that. Growing up in a small town, I remember picking up the paper and reading about this basketball phenom that was about 70 miles away in a town called Covington. Today's guest is Montel Watson. He's a former Division I standout that has made an impressive impact on and off the court. He is currently the director of Movement Direct at Movement Mortgage. Montel is one of the reasons I moved to Charlotte after school. His energy and passion for greatness is truly contagious. We talk about how Movement Mortgage is leading a movement of change and how he is on a mission to make more minorities homeowners. We also talk about his days as a student athlete, and he offers advice for anyone looking to break into the mortgage industry. Last but not least, we discuss how he balances being a husband, father of four, and why everyone should follow Watson Kids with a Z on Instagram. Grab your notepad and get ready for an insightful conversation. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Layden Williams. This is the You Should Listen podcast. Today, you're in for a treat. I have the one and only Montel Watson uh, on the line. So, Montel, go ahead and introduce yourself to the fans and listeners out there. Uh, what's up, man? First and foremost, thank you for having me on, Layden. Uh, I love that, you know, obviously been keeping up with your, your podcast and love everything you're doing. Um, I'm Montel Watson. Uh, me and Layden, we go, we go way, way back. Uh, sure. Hooped. Uh, to, to together from time to time, playing against each other whenever we're, uh, we would go back home. Um, and, you know, I currently, uh, you know, work for Movement Mortgage. Um, but, yeah, yeah, excited to be on. For sure. And I'll give you guys a little behind the scenes. So Montel and a good friend, uh, Keith Carter, actually the reason why I had uh, moved to Charlotte back in the day, just all the experience and all the uh, activities that were kind of going on there. I just thought there was a lot of opportunity so uh, it's definitely good to reconnect and catch up and hear about all the wonderful things that you're doing with uh, movement. But for the fans and listeners that are uh, out there checking out the show, who is Montel? Like, where are you from? What was your upbringing like? What were your interests as a kid? All the good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I am from a very, very small town, Clifton Forge, Virginia, uh, where, you know, we had four stoplights and, and one of them is blinking. Um, you know, I grew up in a, you know, a, a, a loving family. Um, and I now today, you know, have, um, a beautiful wife, three kids and a fourth kid on the way. Nice. Um, and, you know, grew up playing basketball, played college basketball, uh, like we mentioned earlier, and then went to Elon university and then find myself, uh, found myself in the, uh, you know, financial sector, um, you know, here in Charlotte. Right. You know, that was a big thing I wanted to do coming out of college is actually it was like I wanted to be in banking. Not really sure exactly what that meant, but, um, you know, I, I found myself here in Charlotte and um, I absolutely love it. For sure. I wanted to rewind a bit. Obviously, I know you from being a legend on the basketball court, but just curious, when you were growing <laughs> up, did you uh, did you play any other sports like um did you play football? Were you into baseball when you were growing up? In yeah, Forge, or what yeah was man, I, I um I played uh, football. I so baseball. Funny story about baseball. My kid now today absolutely loves baseball. <laughs> I played baseball when I was like seven or eight years old. I got hit in the shin with the ball, oh, and man. I was out. And I never went back to it. I was out. 
Uh, I play I play football. Um, I actually was supposed supposed to play varsity at the time, you know, um, as a freshman. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna focus on basketball, and um, and I did, and that was the rest of history there. So nice. What was the decision to go to um, Elon? I know that there's some probably some other schools that are kind of close by that were at that Division One level as well. But what was the decision to go there? Yeah, man, I, I went to visit Elon, and Elon was one of the first schools to recruit me. And everybody goes through that recruiting process, you, you know, so many different schools and whatnot. Um, but they were they had stuck with me from the start, right? Um, and I went to visit, and I absolutely fell in love with the campus and the the players. The players were fantastic, made me feel like I was already there, you know. Um, and man, it was close by as well. I know that it would be difficult for my parents to, um, you know, have to buy tickets or anything to fly. You know, my my dad still to actually my mom and my dad to this day have never been on a plane. Right. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is a whole nother story. But um, I knew it would be difficult for them to see games if I went any further. Um, and plus, Elon's a fantastic school. Um, it just all just made sense, man. It's one of those things I went on the campus and I was like, man, this is amazing. Like, this is where I want to be. For sure. And I know you mentioned, mentioned that you wanted to get into the banking space. So what did you major in while you were um, at Elon? Uh, I, I, I majored in uh, finance. Um, and man, I, you know, as, as a college kid, you, I don't even really knew what I didn't know what that meant. Right. Yeah. I want to get into banking. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what that meant. Um, and I just knew I wanted to do something with numbers on the finance side. Um, and, you know, I found myself in the mortgage industry now. So I love it. For sure. And uh, you kind of mentioned that, but I was going to say, I know you had a, a really good career while you were at Elon. Was there any time and point where you were like, maybe I want to play professionally or, or delay joining the workforce? Or what did that look like? Man, that's a really good question for me. Um, as I thought about it, I actually was talking to a buddy about this the other day um, that he, he played in, in, you know, professionally. Um, and I just always, as a kid, like, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of dream of different things, right? Like, oh, I might want to play professional or whatever. I always dreamed of, you know, out there on the court, playing by myself, playing college basketball. Very weird, right? Most people think about the NBA or something, but I always thought about college basketball. In my last season, um, you know, I had redshirted my, the season before um, because I had um, messed up my, my foot. I broke my foot. And then the very, my fifth year, senior year, I had another injury um, where I had to wear a boot the entire season. And man, I was just, I was a little, um, I was a little beat down, right? And just from a body perspective, and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like, I would rather go to the, you know, start my uh, business career, so to speak, um, versus going overseas or whatever that would be, um, to then come back and then start on the ground level, right? Um, that was just my perspective. That was just the way that I looked at it from my current situation. And I definitely don't regret it. Awesome, awesome, that's, that's cool. I was gonna ask you, what lessons do you think that the game taught you that you were able to kind of cross over into your, your professional career? Wow, man, gosh, the game taught me so, it, it, sports in general just have, have so many relevant lessons to be learned, right? Is, you know, overcoming adversity. Um, some of the most difficult times that I had is, you know, in college basketball where 
um, having injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, having to fight back from those injuries and losing, losing my spot because I was injured and having to fight back into getting, gaining my starting spot. Um, man, it's, it, it's so many relevant lessons. And, you know, my, my coach, you know, he used to always say, um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's, that's BS coach. What are you talking about? Right. That's BS. That's, that's not true. That's yeah. not true. Um, and I get into the, the world today and I'm like, gosh, like there's so it, there's actually a little bit of a truth to that. Right. And in the, in the way it's just the way you look at it and your perspective on something. Um, and, you know, man, I could I could go on and on about all the different lessons that you learn yeah. um, just from the, the, the fight that you have to have the discipline. Let's talk about the discipline, for goodness sakes, getting up early um, to do conditioning going from conditioning to grab a quick bite to eat and go into class and going to class to then going to your one-on-one drills at the time that we used to have to have our individual workouts, um, individuals to trying to grab some food real quick to then going to weights, going back to class, going from class to then your real, real full practice from practice to grabbing dinner to then going to study hall and then doing it all over again. Right. Not getting home to like, eight, nine o'clock and then doing the exact same thing all over again um, and having the discipline to, to keep your head on straight to, to execute. And just that whole, the whole mindset of having the, the, the multiple moving pieces and schedule, like what are we doing our, in our work life? Right. We got to manage our calendar. We got to be professional. We got to be on top of what we're doing um, at a high level. And, you know, so many different relevant pieces. For sure. And that's a perfect segue to the next question. Um, I was going to ask, when did you, I guess, decide to kind of plan for life after sports or life after basketball to make that um, pivot into the business side of, uh, of, the, of, of the world. Yeah, I was, man, I, I would say um, I was thinking about it probably too late, but I was thinking about it. Mm. Right. Um, you know, like we kind of talked about earlier from my injuries, I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to keep playing basketball. Mm. Um, and I, I wasn't exactly a hundred percent sure what it is I wanted to do career wise. I just wanted to be in the finance industry. Gotcha. Um, and in getting into the finance industry, I just, man, I just was trying to looking for a job. I, I moved to Charlotte. Um, so my, in my fifth year, mm. I had already graduated at this yeah. point, I'd already graduated college. Yeah. Going into that fifth year, I just took some additional courses and got another degree, an accounting degree as well. I didn't mention that earlier, but um, after the season was over, I just bounced. I didn't stay, you know, the, the fifth year full victory lap, right? <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I went home uh, for around two to three months um, and I, I worked. I did property management with my dad. I saved money. And this is where I, I think I actually started first, you know, playing with you right during that time period, quite frankly, at Rono College. And then from there, I did. I went I moved to Charlotte without a job, like oh, went straight to Charlotte without a job and interviewed um, full time. It was a full time job to find a full time job. Gotcha. And yeah. And I, and I found that. And then, you know, and, uh, you know, just uh, continue to stick with uh, the overall industry. So. For sure. Uh, I was going to ask you, I think you kind of mentioned your last response. What was like your first big break into, I guess, corporate America or or your first real job, as some will call it? Yeah, so so a lot of uh, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with um, the financial crisis in 2008, seven. Right. Um, I was on the front lines of that. Right. So coming out of college, not really understanding, um, you know, mortgage 
or, or finance or whatever you want to call it. I didn't really truly understand it. I was told, hey, if you do X, you can make Y. And it was a sales environment. I was very competitive. I got to see my name on a, a board if I was a top person. Um, I'm like, sign me up, mm-hmm. right? Um, so started in, in the, you know, the um, uh, debt consolidation, you know, and credit managers, like the, the yeah. title of the role, right? Um, but effectively, I was selling high interest loans mm-hmm. um, to risky borrowers. Gotcha. At the, at the end of the day, that, that's exactly what I was doing. And then you quickly learn why you're doing that job. You're like, uh, like the more I learned as a, as a young man, what I was doing, I was like, this don't seem right. Yeah. Right. This don't, this don't, this don't seem like this is the right thing to do. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell a quick story and I'll move on from this. <laughs> I sold a, and I used to sell 10% mortgages. Think about where the rates were, you know, you know, a few mo- weeks, yeah. months ago in the twos, in the twos, <laughs> Layton, right? Yeah. I would sell 10% mortgages. Wow. 10%. Um, and, you know, I sold a, uh, a, a car. I refinanced somebody's car and did cash out 160% loan to value. Oh, my God. Um, and the only benefit that they had in the, in the, in the refinance was um, $1,500 cash out. Uh, I went to my sales manager. I said, man, you don't expect me to, to, to sell this, do you? He goes, yeah, I do. I sold it and the person took it. 28 percent 28 percent car loan oh my god 28 percent car loan 160 percent loan to value man that's the worst that's the worst deal ever right um that was my last day that was my last day i couldn't do it couldn't do it anymore wow that's i mean for my fans listeners out there if you want to learn more about that just watch the movie too big to fail i'm sure you can kind of get yourself up to speed quick on that but um i was going to ask you how are you able to transition from finance to mortgage obviously it's it's still pertaining to numbers and you're looking at um, different procedures and different processes, but how did you make that transition? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I was, you know, it was the first job that I could get to do. They, they, it was the first job that I was offered. Right. So I, I, I took that job, that opportunity. Um, and then for me, I networked to get other opportunities at that time. Hmm. Um, and so after I, I stopped working at Wells and I knew I had to get out of there, um, I reached out to different people from a network perspective um, and got an opportunity at RBC Bank. I actually got into the banking world inside of things. Um, and then from there, um, transition, I got an opportunity, same thing, networking, got an opportunity at TD Ameritrade, which is much more on the investment side, right? I was, you know, got Series 766 license. Um, and I love that a lot, man. TD Ameritrade is a great organization. Um, you know, I grew a book of business there. Um, and then it just got to a point for me where I wanted something more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what led me to, to movement. For sure. And I've had a lot of guests on the show, but I haven't really asked anyone about networking or tips when you're trying to enhance or expand your Rolodex in regards to contacts. would love for you to share some tips that you um, were able to develop over the years in regards to reaching out to people and just building your network. Yeah, man. So I, I think that it's very important to build relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. And the more and deeper you build relationships, um, to me, that's networking, right? Like the term networking, like most people, when they hear that, they think of like going to an alumni event and you got your badge on your, you know, your, your chest and you're just walking around awkwardly, you know, talking to people and trying to get a, a leg up to see if you can, they can find you a job, right? Mm-hmm. I think of much more along the lines, like, of like go in a relationship and then organically things come up, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you tell, you tell your story, that person tells their story and, you know, you're, in the world we live in today, we're always connected, 
right? A big thing I try to do, man, is like a lot of times I try to reach out to folks I haven't talked to in a while um, just to say, what's up? Like, how you doing? How your family, right? Because um, social media allows us to be connected, but not really connected. Um, and so I just encourage people to really, truly connect and grow relationships with people. And it just organically happens, man. Um, and in the event that you actually, you dire need that relationship to help you, if you have a strong relationship, you reach out to them, right? Um, you know, otherwise, I think a lot of times for me, just organically happen off of conversations and something coming up and somebody thinking of me and being like, hey, um, you know, I thought about you for X, Y, and Z. So that's a lot for me. Sure. That's awesome. And obviously, you're able to transition from Wells to TD Trade to um, to Movement Mortgage, where you are now the director. Um, would love for you to kind of share exactly what Movement Mortgage is and what your role and your day-to-day looks like. Yeah, man. So Movement Mortgage is a top five purchase lender in the country. A lot of people don't know about us because we don't we don't buy um, ads on TV, right? And you get to see the Rocket Mortgages, the Wells Fargo's. Um, those those are our major competitors, right? We just don't spend our dollars that way. Um, we spend our dollars differently. Um, and one of the big things that separates us, man, is like fifty percent of all of our profits. Fifty percent of all of our profits go. Um, into the local communities across the country um, and also internationally. Uh, we have um, three Charter One schools uh, looking to plant another uh, 10 by 2030, um, you know, not only here in Charlotte, but also beyond Atlanta, Alabama, D.C. Um, and, man, it's a beautiful thing, man, a work for organization that cares so much more about other things than just profit. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of times some of the, the nothing against this, because I think it's still fantastic. A lot of the, the, the larger organizations, they cut checks. Right. We hear mm-hmm. about these large checks that they cut. Um, do we get into the community? Right. Mm-hmm. When I say that we have a school, we have movements. Go to movement school for your listeners. Go to movementschools.com. Mm-hmm. We have physical schools with beautiful uh, kids in marginalized communities mm-hmm. that a lot of times are forgotten. Right. In Charlotte, we are the. Um, we're, I think, 50 out of uh, 50 top MSAs, so top cities in the United States. Mm-hmm. We are last for upward mobility, right? So if you're born into a certain zip code in Charlotte, you have like a 3% chance of leaving that zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, you know, our leader, our CEO, he just thought that, you know, we need to do something more. And what better way than do it directly affect that, you know, next generation's opportunity than education? Um so that's a that's a lot about you know who we are from from you know movement standpoint, um, and so I lead our consumer direct channel, right? So movement primarily the majority of our business we'll probably do forty billion in like mortgage originations this year. Um, I lead our emerging team, which is our consumer direct channel. Now, what that is in comparison for your your listeners is that that's like the Quicken Loans version, right, of movement mortgage, right? That's our you know, if we have a consumer, if we do any forward facing marketing or digital marketing, we do a little bit of, we don't know a lot, um, not like TV wise, but we do stuff digitally. Um, then that's our team works those, right? Like you get the leads that come in, like bank rate, we partner with bank rate, we partner with um, Zillow's of the world, lending trees of the world. Um, and that's a lot of what my team handles also lead our service and retention. So we have a servicing book. Um, so the clients that we help get a mortgage, and we want to we want to keep them as a customer for life. I lead that team, so our team will call out um, and ensure that you know their service is good. And if they need a refinance or a purchase of another house, 
We want them to do it with us. Um, and then lastly, I lead our minority initiatives um, as it pertains specifically to our, our Black American homeownership initiative. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit of what I do at Movement Man. For sure. You definitely shared a lot there. So I want to unpack that a bit. Um, one thing you kind of mentioned was the upward mobility and some of the initiatives in place to kind of uh, combat that and make sure that everyone is playing on the same uh, level of, of playing field. Can you kind of dive a little bit deeper into that and some of the projects that you're specifically working on or touching? Yeah, man. So for us, uh, you know, man, it's it's where the home ownership rate is in Black America today mm -hmm. uh, is something that once you see it, it's something that you need. For us, we were like, man, we got to do something, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what it is that we need to do. And the more you learn about it, the more you dig into it, you know, redlining and uh, restrictive deeds and different things that got us in the place that we are today, uh, it becomes a bit overwhelming, right? It's a bit overwhelming. Um, and there's so many moving pieces of things that need to be accomplished to, to help continue to move the ball forward. But for us, we're like, let's just get, let's, let's take one step forward. Let's do one thing at a time, right? Don't stop progress for perfection. Um, and so, you know, for us, we, we, you know, we have a few different main things that we're trying to accomplish, right? Bring awareness and education um, to the black community around how important homeownership is. Um, Homeownership can change not only your life, but your kid's life and the next generation after that. There's a direct correlation to homeownership and net worth um, and being able to pass that asset down to your kids, kids pass it down, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the equity that you build when owning your house versus renting. Um, there's a lot of arguments that go back and forth about that, but at the end of the day, owning real estate is one of the best things that you can do. Um, there's only so much land in this world, right? Yeah. Um, and so for us, we have created a campaign called grab the key. So if you get a chance, go to grabthekey.com. Okay. Um, and grab the key just takes you, walks you through the history of housing to, you know, from, um, you know, slavery, uh, through Jim Crow, through Dr. Martin Luther King, um, fighting so hard for, um, civil rights. But one of the big things that Dr. King fought so hard for very hard for um, at the highest level was the Fair Housing Act, right? That Fair Housing Act allowed you and I the opportunity to own a home today and get the same rights as anybody else has. Um, little like little fact that you know a lot of people don't know is that days after he was assassinated, mm -hmm. the pressure that was put on from that, like what he did, his sacrifice that act was passed days after. Right. Yeah. Um, but so grab the key going back to that main point takes you through that uh, from an education standpoint to where we are today and the opportunity that, that is in front of us of owning a home and tries to help people, whether, you know, whether you are new to this, you're unsure of what homeownership is, or if you can qualify, um, we want to help you. Right. If you have, if you're in a credit situation where you just like, you know, my credit's not great. I don't know if I can figure it out. We put you on a plan for that. Um, if it's income, you're like, oh, my income isn't so great. Um, you know, I don't, you know, not really sure I can own a home. We help you for that, right? We, we want to remove the barriers um, to help people understand that they can grab the key of home ownership, right? Simple as that. Um, but yeah, that's some of the main, that's one of our big initiatives that we have right now. And then also just partner with Fannie Mae um, to um, bring more people of color into the industry and some of the historically black colleges. So. For sure. And you did a great job of talking about removing those barriers and providing resources. But I guess outside of that, what is it about being a homeowner that you think 
makes people of color, color specifically reluctant to actually making that purchase or making that investment. Yeah, man. I, so there's a lot of trauma that people of color have, have dealt with over the years. Um, and underneath that trauma is like, you've been told no, or that you can't own a home. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that's been just passed down to us from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes that sticks with you, right? I'm just thinking that, you know, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Owning a home is just not for me, simply because, you know, your parents or your grandparents or whatever have been told no, or there's those different, you know, uh, unconscious bias mm-hmm. items that people of color are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that built up just gives you a reluctant feel of why should I even do this? It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the trust that's broken, you know, that from decades ago, right, that trust needs to be rebuilt. We have to, we lenders need to rebuild that trust um, because the opportunity is there, right? There, there are some, there are the, you know, credit items and um, just understanding the opportunity and the different, you know, the uh, breaking down some of those um, items where we just we are unsure of, right? Like there's a there's a myth of you need 20% down, yeah, right? Um, like so breaking down a lot of that and, and just breaking through the the, the the mistrust of our past. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just I encourage anybody that if they are listening to this, um, it, it's possible, right? It's possible. What, what are some of the myths? I know that you just mentioned one, such as the 20% down, but are there at like a high level? Could you just, um, I guess, provide a snapshot of like four to five myths that you feel like pertain to the housing uh, industry specifically? Yeah, you know, the, that that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the the down payment, not having enough money down payment or um, credit, right? Mm-hmm. Just assuming that you have to have perfect credit to, to own a home. Um, and there's just so many of them. And so that's, that's why it's like for, for us, you need to speak to somebody that you trust. You need mm-hmm. to reach out to someone and ask a friend and um, and don't just speak to that one person, right? Mm-hmm. Speak to multiple people um, and do your due diligence to understand what's best for you and your situation because everybody's situation is different. Everyone. I'm telling you right now, we, you know, we did do thousands of mortgages and not one is the same. Not one, not one, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just important to do your due diligence and and dive into it on those misconceptions. For sure. And a lot that goes into misconceptions is education. I know you actually mentioned earlier the movement school, which I wasn't familiar with, but I think I, I may have saw it on Freedom before I moved from Charlotte. So what exactly is the movement school? What are some of the initiatives in place and kind of how is it making an impact on the community uh, back in Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, man. So they're, they're charter one schools. We have one on Freedom Drive. Uh, well, actually two, sorry, two on Freedom Drive and then one in Eastland on the east side of Charlotte. Um, and they're charter one schools, man, trying to help, um, the marginalized communities, um, to, to have a uh, choice school choice. Right. And, um, man, it's, it, we are K through, uh, and at Eastland, we're K through three. And then, um, on the West side, we are K through fifth. Mm-hmm. And then we have a middle school, um, that we are opening, uh, opening up, uh, this year. Right. So, um, and we're just trying to help the next generation um, change the next generation, right? So um, that's some of the main pieces, whether we partnered with, um, you know, I think LeBron James has his school uh, in Cleveland. Um, they're doing some of the very similar stuff that we're doing. And they, they actually came down All-Star Weekend. His mom came to our school 
uh, with Samaritan's Feet, if you're familiar with that organization. And, um, you know, we gave, we washed all the kids' feet um, and gave them all, you know, new socks, new shoes. Um, and man, it just was a fantastic experience to see, you know, a lot of these kids. And, you know, for us, like, we, you know, give the, the free meals and whatnot. And man, just the, the, the fact that sometimes that's the only meal for some of these kids, right? Um, and so we're just, it's just that is our why as an organization, right? Um, on the mortgage side is that we pour back into those lives. Sure. And one thing I like about movement, just from a social media standpoint, is it looks like it's a company that I would just be able to have a personal conversation with. It's not your traditional suit and tie type of organization where it's a stiff kind of uh, conversations. Everyday people dressed in T-shirts, relaxed, doing some fun things around the office. So can you kind of speak to the culture of movement and, and, and provide detail on what that looks like? Yeah, man, the culture is next and on is the, the best organization I've ever been a part of. Um, everybody is rowing in the boat in the same direction. Um, and it, it's amazing, man. It, it's nothing short of amazing. Um, it's from the top down and from the bottom up, right? Um, everybody enjoys being a part of the organization. Um, and it's fun, man. It's fun. Like you, you talked about it, right? It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I asked our CEO, um, one of my very first days there and I'm like, man, organization is growing. Um, how do we continue to keep this amazing culture? Like how, like what's, what's the plan to keep the culture as we grow? Um, and he's like, well, the plan is for you to keep the culture as we grow. And I was just like, man, I never thought of it that way. Right. Um, it's on us to continue to keep the culture um, and the leaders on every single level of the organization. Because, yes, you know, a lot of people think of like, you know, if you are a manager, like leadership is title, but it's not right. Leadership is every role in the company. Like anybody can be a leader. Uh, and so it's on us to, to, to hold that culture. So awesome. Awesome. And, and speaking of culture and work life balance, we'd love to kind of hear how you balance it all. Obviously work, life, raving, was it four kids now? Uh, a wife yeah. is very active. Um, everyone follow Breeze if, you're, if you aren't already. But uh, how do you balance it all? Man, I don't. I don't, Layton. I don't. misconception, <laughs> he doesn't. We got you. What do you mean how do I balance it? I don't, man. It's, it's you know, you, it's, it's, it's work-life integration, man. It just all flows, especially in COVID now, it just all flows together. You, I don't know. My little man just came in here raising raising cane just a second ago, and it's just, man, we just make it work. Sure. That Like, we, it's, it's hard. It ain't easy. And we just do everything we can do to make it work. And you know what? Like we make it work for us. Right. right? Everybody, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Everybody's situation and things are different. We make it work for us, man. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And just, you gotta, you gotta, man, you gotta laugh uh, at the different things in life, man, because life is way too hard to, to make it even more difficult for yourself. Right. So sure. we just, we just make it work, man. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of making it work, what are some of your proudest career moments, both personally and professionally? Wow, um, man. So personally, obviously my kids, man, that's, you know, bar none, that is, that is it, right, for me. Um, professionally, professionally. Um, 
Gosh, I got so much more that I want to accomplish professionally. I mean, I, I would say, you know, some of the things that are, that are, that are cool um, is being able to lead the group that I lead today. Right. And, you know, we'll, um, you know, get close to hitting a billion in origination this year, you know, trending. Um, but I, I would say, you know, my passion lies from a career perspective. Uh, it, it lies all with trying to help more people of color get into homes, man. That's a big piece for me. Um, just from an overall career perspective, because I've I've done the sales side and I've you know, run the president's clubs and all that stuff. That stuff to me is just that that isn't that isn't it. The, the the best thing for me is trying to help more people of color get into homes and um yeah, that's the main thing, man. Of course. Awesome. Would love to hear like, do you have any personal mantras or pillars that you live by day to day? I know like for example, mine is four direction or moving forward at all times, or some people it's day by day, but what, what gets Montel out of the bed if it's not the, the kids or a cup of coffee to keep going? That's a good one. So, man, for me, it's um, progress, man. I, I'm, I'm a person of progress um, because I, you can't take a short-term viewpoint, right? Like you, this, this, this game that we're playing of life, uh, is an, an affinity game, right? Like it's 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 long term. The way I look at it is like, what can I do if I had to think about it? Well, everything long term, to 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 whether it's setting something up for my family, my kids, whatever it is, um, I want to get better every single day, the best that I can, um, to be the best individual as I can, to just continue to progress, right? Um, and if I'm sitting stagnant. Uh, and I'm not getting better. Uh, I'm not being the best person that I can be for myself, my kids. I'm a very spiritual person. Like I'm, um, not taking advantage of what you know I believe. Um, you know, my belief system and Creator has given me and blessed me with. So I need to continue to progress. So for me, man, it's progress. You heard me a little bit earlier, right? Like, is of um, you know, I don't want to, you know stunt progress for perfection right so i just want to pr progress man progression keep going keep going i like that and talking about keep going what's next in the pipeline for for you for yourself and also for movement mortgage man um for me man I, I am i am trying to get into building out a real estate portfolio man that's that's a big thing for me and it's primarily for my kids i want to be able to now how cool would it be to to, to have my kids like come from college and they get a house, right? Like you know, a lot of people, you know, you know, some people, I won't say a lot of people, some people get the opportunity where they, their mom and dad have saved money for them. And then they graduate, they get money or yeah. get that money paid for their college or whatever that is uh, car, whatever. Right. Like I'd love to pass down a, a house to my kids, right. When they graduate. Um, so that's a big, that is a big goal for me right now is, is trying to build up a, a portfolio um, to, pass pass to my kids um movement wise man we're just continue to, to to progress and get better and we have so many different moving pieces as any you know large and growing organization does and and we're just continuously um trying to help borrowers get into homes um trying to help borrowers save money uh, through refinancing and um and trying to help realtors with their clients right so um, we're just getting better every day, baby, to, to, and then at the end of the day, it all pours back into the school. So if we can open another 20, 30 schools, um, that's what we're trying to do. Nice. 
I like that. I think the uh, the tagline is leading a movement of change, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Right. For sure. Right, baby. Cool, cool. And as we kind of wrap up, I always end the show with uh, with the hot seats of five random questions, and then we can shout out the social media handles and go from there. Does that work? Let's do it. All right. First things first, because I'm getting kind of hungry. Uh, good, <laughs> good food on Monfort or Haberdish? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, man, those sticky bombs are good food. Ain't no joke, boy. Oh, I got to go good food on that. Okay, okay. Um, when you get a chance to take a break and you're in the, and you're in the mountains, snowboarding or skiing? Skiing, man. I love skiing. So I, the first time in, in forever, uh, excuse me, first time ever, I skied with my wife about five years ago. And now we go every year. I love skiing. Nice. Okay, cool. So you're not on the bunny trails anymore, I take it. Oh, baby, I'm going to the diamonds. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. Um, if you had to do one, are you singing at karaoke or are you starting a TikTok? I would sing a karaoke. What I would sing a karaoke. Yeah. What's your go-to song? Uh, Candy Rain. Okay. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with Ain't that. lose there. there you go. <laughs> um, good book or good movie? Um, a movie guy. I like. I, I love. A, I love a good movie. Okay, cool. And um, last question. This usually stumps the guests. Unlimited time or unlimited resources? Unlimited time. Time is the best resource. That shouldn't stump anybody. I want all the time I can have, man. Time is our greatest asset. That's true. That is true. If you um, ain't got no time and all the resources, what the hell are you going to do with the resources? <laughs> that's, 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 a good, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> Thanks again for joining the show. I was going to ask, how can people get connected with you to learn more about kind of what's going on from your day-to-day perspective and also about Movement Mortgage and some of the projects they have going on in Charlotte and beyond? Yeah, man. So um, to get connected with me, uh, Montel3 on IG, uh, and then obviously Montel Watson on Facebook, all that good stuff. But uh, Watson6, we just launched a YouTube channel. Okay. Go check out the Watson Six YouTube channel. It is a mop, myself, my wife, and our beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we just give you a little bit of behind the scenes peek there. Um, and then you know, with movement, man, it's movementmortgage.com, excuse me, movement.com, uh, movementschools.com, um, grab the key.com. Nice, nice. I heard it first here, guys. So if you didn't get those handles, rewind it and listen again. Uh, and we he he dropped a lot of information on this uh podcast so wanted to say thanks again for taking the time to connect and we'll leave you the last few seconds or so to kind of any advice for those that are kind of looking to pivot their careers into mortgage or for former student athletes that want to get to the business side have at it so a little advice uh go after it mm-hmm. don't hesitate don't let fear stop you from having a conversation um with somebody that might be in you know the seat that you want to be in Uh, For goodness sakes, we have social media today. You can reach out to absolutely anybody. Um, I had an intern that, you know, came on board with me and she sat down with every person in the C-suite before I had even met with every person in the C-suite because she had zero fear, right? So I encourage you, um, reach out to people that are doing what you want to do and don't have any fear because one of them might say no, but guess what? All you need is one yes, right? And that relationship may take you to places that you never thought you could go. For sure. I appreciate that, Jim. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Layden Williams. This is the You Should Listen podcast, and we are out. Y'all better listen.